everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Strength Hammer podcast. I'm your humble host, Chuck, and with me today we got Neil and Matt. Neil. Say hi, guys. Hi, yeah. Internet. <laughs> uh, how are you guys doing? What's, what's been going on? What, uh, what's good out there? Doing good. Just yeah. uh, running my hobby campaign right now, which has been a lot of work. Um, uh, losing friends and making enemies. <laughs> yeah, you're, well. you're, it's gone well. you're only on this podcast because uh, we need you, not because we want you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and for me last week, uh, in said hobby competition, I ended up rolling out, what was it, eight or nine games in one week? I'm a little... Yeah. I'm a little deflated <laughs> at this point. <laughs> that's, that's quite a number of games. It's good. But uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, let's um let's just dive right in um on our on our hobby table and fitness check in. Neil, what's what have you been hobbying? How's your fitness been going? Hobby table's been a lot of uh carriage on overlords still. Um with this map campaign thing that we're doing, it's um it's based yep. on and what are you doing the map campaign for? Map campaign for is um, it's it's our club campaign, and it's done based on hobby, and what, essentially. So what, hobby being what games, club, it's what Renfor. Club is it? Renfor. There you go. Um, That's what I was trying to get out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, what it what it is 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 you can either paint things or you can play things, attending events, and all scores your points. Um, and the teams are four people on a team. And so you accumulate these points by playing games and painting stuff. And so what I've been doing is uh, working on getting all my endless spells done. Each unit's worth a certain amount of points. And um, endless spells, Karajan Overlords, just finished another, uh, well, just finished a frigate and where I think I did about, I think, roughly 2 million rivets. I think we're on that thing. <laughs> That's probably I... undershooting it by about a million. How long have uh, you completed the centerpiece? <laughs> Um, let's see. I've been working on it for the last two weeks, so uh, yeah, I, I, I can tell you in hours, though. Mine took me, because I was actually keeping track of it, mine took me about just under 50 hours of actual paint time. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I took uh, that long on it, but... Uh, well, I'm a slow painter. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we were doing a lot of hobby Skype sessions, so that certainly helps the time go by. So probably two and a half, three hours a clip for us, hobby Skype, but... Um, yeah, so doing that, um, playing games as well. We did a um, yesterday. We did a, a get together at my house where I've, I've got a table at my house, and so we had a paint table set up. So people were painting, people were playing games. We started at twelve. We stopped at uh, ten p.m. So oh jeez, uh, it's a it's a nice <laughs> nice full day of gaming. So uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of alcohol drink as well. Uh, but um, how, how big is your Carajon army now? How many points do you have? Well, uh, I can easily make 2,000, and then over top of that, I'd probably say somewhere in the realm of 2,500, but we'll, we'll be going well more oh, than that. Wow. So, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> not painted. Not painted yet. It'll, it will be, but uh, but not not just yet. I got gotcha. you. Having one ironclad uh, tends to scoot the points <laughs> up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, bump it up there. But uh, I know you, you sent us in our group chat for the uh, podcast – uh, picture you in a rowing machine 
That's right. Yeah, I finally gym. got my finally got my butt back to the gym. So we're doing that. We're trying to work a little cardio. And um, for those who know me, I have a little bad uh, rotator cuff from falling down the stairs a year ago and reaching up and grabbing a rail and taking <laughs> 200 pounds onto my shoulder. That wasn't good. So that uh, <laughs> gets a little cranky every once in a while. So uh, I've been working some shoulder exercises and they've been helping. They so. do that in the movies all the time. You'll be yeah. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your montage over? Aren't you fully healed and ready? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Stallone, Stallone hanging off a cliff. It's fine. You know, no rotator cuff damage at all. Nah, you're now, all good. I'll, I'll tell you, Neil. Yeah. What you need to do is you need to ramp up your your. Uh, whenever you talk about this, the map campaign, you just need to jump it up to unsubstantiated claims with the. The largest map-based campaign in the northeast of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to prove you wrong? <laughs> How many yeah. people we got? Uh, let's see. We have forty-four people playing in it. Yeah, you know, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And that's so, I'm add forty-four. We've lost some this week. They, they've been destroyed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget that uh, I've rightfully and uh, without argument claimed northeast Ohio as part of. Uh, the Northeast as a whole, like we've we've saved you from the Midwest. You're you're free. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is good. That is good. So uh, you can officially have Yingling over there now. That's it. Yeah. And then we don't have to compete with those guys in Detroit, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. I mean, they got to compete with Pittsburgh. So, but instead of instead of the Northeast coming and taking your trophies, it's the Northeast will come fight Michigan. Oh, I, I just never assume we're ever getting any trophy ever, so it's fine. <laughs> I just give uh, away trophies. I don't, <laughs> we don't get them. <laughs> there you go. Matt, what about you? What's What's been on your hobby table? How's your uh, fitness going? Any you know, weight loss oh, progression? No. The last, uh, last week or two, there hasn't even been a, a scale in my day-to-day. It's been basically nine-hour days, nine-and-a-half-hour days, and then coming home and playing warhammer for six hours or so <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know if, are you happy or are you not i can't tell uh i don't know it's <laughs> 50 50 that emotion doesn't was, exist on this schedule that's <laughs> it was meant to increase the hobby and i've just shattered it i've shattered it for all of you so it's basically like being in a in a bath that is just like your exact body temperature it doesn't there's no feeling left <laughs> Oh man! And I'd also like to point out that we didn't end up losing to a very uh, the, honorable. Uh, <laughs> for, the, for the audience, uh, I'm on Matt's team, and when Matt put together the team of, of myself, our friend Alex, and then our other friend Brad, we're all local together. I decided to just call him glorious leader and post <laughs> gifts of Putin and make him do all the work, and he he took it on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> that's well, why he's so stressed out. I'm relaxed because I, I just do what I'm told. Well, our so the the glorious leader part comes from our team name, which is House. Oh, I forget how it's pronounced. Aptica, I believe. No, 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 no. It's like it's Drutz, Drutzka or something like that. Drutzka. It's the Russian word for friendship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, I wanted yes. to go with the uh, the Russian characters to make Neil try and have to incorporate them into everything that he writes. So. <laughs> And he, he has been. He has been. Uh, yeah. A little Except copy for, paste action, yeah. There's one place where I think there's a four instead of that weird Russian A. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Hey, well, anything besides uh, just nonstop 
games, do you get any paint to a model? No. How would I get that in there? I just I figured I'd give you the platform in case you did. I don't know. I mean, I could. I'll go get some some contrast paints and start dipping something if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, for myself, uh, my hobby, I have successfully finished my Slanesh army. As uh, I finished the, uh, the tufts of grass on tonight, I had to have a, uh, a black crackle base going on with my Slanesh army with a purple underlayer. And I, I know, Matt, you've kind of seen it. It's really not showing up well in pictures. In, in person, <laughs> you can see it. Um, but I added tufts of grass that I painted with the same purple as a dry brush uh, and just sprinkled it across the army. So it's successfully and 100% officially done. Now I just have to build a display board, which I didn't save any great tufts of grass for that. So we'll, we'll have to wing that. Um, what do you think you're yeah, going to do for your display board? Uh, well, I have three chariots because of your generosity and yeah. my, mental state, my mental state barely survived them. Um, so you're going to have a board that plays uh, some initial D music for all that drifting. Huh? Actually, actually, I'm, I'm thinking of having like one side be like a, uh, uh, like, was it concave? Like, like almost like a dish and they're going to be drifting around it and then everything <laughs> else will be down the side, like cheering. Like, I, I'm going to play with it. I want the chariots to be kind of a focus because my, my leader, Hakati the Reverse, is a herald on exalted secret chariot so definitely want her front and center Ooh, maybe what you could do is you could get like a little like a little uh bandstand and you could buy all of the uh all the blood bowl cheerleaders and put them up in the stands <laughs> I, I no i mean i like the idea uh of actually that sort of design maybe like an amphitheater kind of like a ben-hur type thing oh, yeah. but uh, i'll put the daemonettes up there instead of buying more models to paint because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I have it in me to replicate this ivory skin on anything else. It was. No, it, man, that's where you I'm, do. You can get like that topless orc that's super creepy and keeps me awake at night. What? <laughs> you haven't seen that? No. no. Yeah, there's literally. So there's a there's it's an older model, obviously, but yeah. there's for Blood Bowl. I think it was like the last real full iteration of Blood Bowl. They came out with uh, an orc cheerleader that has like essentially tube socks for tatas and are just like flying all over the place oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. well <laughs> instead of that i will i will build my display board and get back to painting my dodger cane because i have more dodger cane on my desk now so I, i'm gonna do that instead so sorry matt <laughs> like yeah I'm, I'm really excited to have the army done gonna try and get some pictures tonight before uh before i head to bed so i can post stuff up on uh, you know Twitter and Instagram and maybe even a blog post for it because I'm I'm really happy how it turned out. It's very clean. I think I definitely punched above my weight class on painting. Um, until I look at other people's you know like painted armies and I go, okay, I'm average now. That's great. <laughs> well, yeah, that was how I was with my with my fire slayers. I was like, oh my god, these guys look so cool. Then I went to I forget where it was, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go home and burn my brushes. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, like I said, back to Dollars of Cane soon. Get some reps in for Adepticon, and uh, yeah, excited to take the army out there. I, I am on the wait list, but uh, by the way, the uh, track record has shown if you're on the wait list and you show up the day of, you'll probably get into the GT. So, what we'll, uh, Acon? Yeah, at Acon. I thought you like didn't you sign up like the second it went live? No, actually. So 
a couple of our club members that I'm on the, the team's team with, uh, they grabbed that ticket. I was actually out in Utah uh, oh, hiking yeah. the Delicate Arch when it went live. And I could have stopped to figure it out, but I was just like, nah, I'm going to enjoy this moment and worry about Adepticon later. <laughs> yeah, I was some. Oh, I was a PAX Unplugged. So, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, sadly, you guys aren't going to join me at Acon this year, but uh, I do understand with uh, with money and time and everything going on. Well, don't worry. Someday they'll get that Hyperloop put out. It'll be a 45-minute journey or whatever the heck it's going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll be over there. We get games in nonstop. <laughs> uh, as far as con this year, I'm, I'm hopefully just going to do more local stuff for a little while here, too, until the summer. So that might open up a little opportunity there. What's that? Are we getting Ren 4 up to to four annual tournaments? Is that what you just no, said? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. You said more local tournaments. No, no, no other people's. <laughs> other people's. I, so I, do I have to run one now? <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yeah. I've been needing uh, a reason to get up to Ligonier anyway, so. <clears throat> well, I mean, if you can make it out on the 29th this month, then we're going to be practicing for Adepticon. It'll be a good time. I got some of the Pittsburgh guys coming out too, so. Is it Saturday we'll or Sunday? Saturday. Uh, no. Yeah, that's well. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, I'm sure the people listening to the podcast are loving us making our our uh, Warhammer date plans. But uh, as far as uh, I guess my fitness goes, uh, I'm still training for a CrossFit competition that I haven't decided on which one I'm going to yet because they usually don't come out till spring, so we haven't seen them yet. But uh, I. I'm so close to getting my first unassisted muscle up. I can do them with a with a spot from my coach, um, so it's definitely a mental thing for me now. But yeah, that's that's my biggest fitness thing is I can almost do a muscle up. I'm, nice. Yeah, I'm, Which I'm one? pretty happy What's with that? that. That's where you have the the pull up bar, mm-hmm. and as you uh, you pull yourself up almost to like your hips, and then you go over the bar and you push yourself up. So you're literally mm. like, yeah. Like, like a sixty pound uh, female gymnast make it look like it's the easiest thing in the world, but it's it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those all those all those calisthenic people that weigh like you know one hundred ten pounds, and I'm sitting here like two hundred and five pounds. I'm just like, well, I can deadlift four or five and almost do this. I'll take that for now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I guess I guess after that, we should probably get on to our main topic, which we haven't told anyone listening what the topic is matt what's our topic tonight narrative it's all about it how you incorporate it into your army how you incorporate it into your games how you set up your own uh we're gonna we're gonna go uh from the basement to the rafters i'm i'm a little disappointed right now matt what i just softballed you the chance to say anything outlandish or wild that your heart could think of and you actually gave the uh real response you are I mean, tired i can tell you, you want we can <laughs> hookers and blow we can do that <laughs> <laughs> you open the door yep all right I let's just... slam that door back strength hammer strength hammer is uh you know be on your best behavior if i ever start uh no, that's dumb. Uh, then you know all all the uh, bars will be released. That's <laughs> <laughs> well. Next time when you're you're fresh and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll get a better <laughs> response from you. 
but yeah, uh, as Matt said, uh, I'm just going to talk narrative. Uh, if you've been listening to anything else out there in the content world, I've been doing tons of narrative chats lately and figured we might as well do it here too uh, as one of our topics. And it's a nice, easy one, nice, relaxing, uh, easy conversation, I think, for all three of us to have because we all do narrative in our own way. Uh, to start some, with, uh, some better and on a bigger scale than others, but you know, that's, I don't want to break. Just, just because you have these custom narrative heroes at two <laughs> of the top three conventions in the United uh, States. N- no, what you're supposed to say is 100% of all large scale narrative events that have custom war scrolls, I made them. But I don't want to brag. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, We'll have to try and convince uh, Paul, who runs the uh, narrative at Adepticon, to incorporate them. To literally get you at every single one. <laughs> I think we can do that. I think we can do that. But I'll, uh, I'll send you a portfolio that you can uh, take with you and do a little presentation. Give me some eight and a half by eleven uh, glosses of your of your of your face too. Yeah, that's what I'll do. That's that <laughs> will sell it. That will sell it hard. But uh, yeah. Uh, Narrative into your army, as anyone knows, if you listen to any of the chats um, that I was on, like a, like Rantcast was the recent one, which is a great show. Go check that them out. Um, you can really do narrative despite what you want to play. Uh, if you want to be competitive, you can still have a story to your army. If you want to play in a narrative event, obviously you're going to have a narrative theme, um, open play. But narrative, I, I think, never takes away from anything you want to do. It just enhances whatever you're doing. Uh, that's how I've always treated it. Um, definitely enjoy it much more in the Age of Sigmar because I think there's a lot more creativity and a lot more room for us to grow as opposed to 8th edition where, you know, you had the name Heroes, you had Tyrion, you had Teclis, um, and they kind of took center stage to, like, your sub-character who might have a name and probably not your general because why would you make him your general? <laughs> but, Neil, how, how do you bring narrative to your army? So or or how, last... how do you do narrative in Age of Sigmar, I guess? Let's not just limit it to the army. Well, I'll start off with the army that I'm working on currently. Um, I'm not very good with conversions. You know, I mean, I can do your odd head swap. You know, I, I, I can play around with some bits and stuff like that. But uh, it's never anything that looks great. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't try to do too many conversions to get, you know, like a custom character or anything like that. Um, but um, what my current army does have is... Uh, it has a little bit. It has a story to it. So, you know, I've got the uh, the pinup girls on on the boats and everything. And so, you know, there's a there's a story that goes along with, um, you know, they're going to different. Uh, these guys stop in the different cities, free cities in uh, the realms, and they go to some uh, some bars or whatever you want to call it. And um, there there's some ladies there that they get to liking, right? And so they decide to put these ladies on their boat. They name the boat after them and everything else. And so that, that's kind of the narrative of my army. I also plan to write out a little sheet, and there's going to be a little story that goes with each boat as well. So I'll have a little, uh, it'll be the named boat and, you know, how it got its name and um, why it has its name and how many kills it's got. And so if it ever kills a general or something like that, we're going to note that down. And we're just going to kind of keep track of that kind of stuff. I don't know that that's going to happen very often, so it might not be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just really hope you get like a nice leather-bound journal, and it like you open mm-hmm. it up and it just says Captain's Log, 
and right, right, just go right. full into it. Oh yeah, like, so, even have yeah, like this is this idea. is the this is the beer I was drinking whenever we shot down <laughs> the, yeah. the great great bloodthirster of. Of you this should army. Uh, you should look good. up some uh, World War happen? II uh, uh, flight logs and try and do it in that format. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, Ooh, that sounds great. Yeah, huh, I'll have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, so that's kind of the the way I'm I'm doing narrative with the army. Uh, I would say not. Let's not uh, um, forget the uh, wonderful tables you create too uh, for your events over at the Ooh. the Ren Four Club for. Our- all the games like it's they're all themed after the realm like go talk more about that because you have floating islands you, you do crazy stuff and it's 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 great yeah so the ren 4 event was kind of I, I really like incorporating um all the realms into the games and one thing i i understand the reason for it um 100 and i know why it has to happen this way um because when you're running a big tournament like adepticon or, you know, Nova, whatever. Um, you don't have the opportunity to theme 100, 100 you know, plus tables um, for each realm, right? And then also, if you're trying to make it very closely matched play, um, you can't have a different realm, people playing in different realms in the same game, so to speak, in a tournament. Um, but because I've kept our tournament small, we go like 30, uh, we might be pushing 40 here in towards the summer. Uh, I have been able to do that. So we'll do Make it multiple 50. tables. Make it 50. <laughs> that gets into a little space in our venue. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, it's a possibility. But that's, that's a lot of work. Um, but yeah, so what we do is right, currently we have, I think the most we've run is 16 tables so far. And each one of those tables is a realm. There's duplicates of every single realm, except for a couple, maybe, um, depending on how many people we had. Uh, <laughs> doubles so, for every table, except uh, that, for the ones that don't have doubles. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> so, so we have mats down on the boards, and these mats uh, I've, I've carefully selected to kind of look like, okay, this this could be the realm of fire. And then I'll write a little narrative on on the table card. So instead of it just saying table two. It says table two, and then it has a narrative right down there real quick, you know, a couple paragraphs about the table, where the table set in, and we're playing match play for these tournaments, right? It's 2,000 points, it's match play, it's bring your hardest list, but there's an element of narrative in it. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm not, I enjoy randomness in a tournament, um, so the terrain on the tables is matching the mats, um, and then the terrain is themed for the mat. So if, we're, if I've got a bunch of volcanoes, then every single piece of terrain in that tournament on that table is going to be volcanic. So good luck. Um, in the realm of beasts, every piece of terrain is deadly because it wants to eat you. So it's still match play. You know, it's still 2,000 points. It's still, you know, your traditional tournament. But there are just elements. I like to put elements of narrative in it so that you feel more immersed into the table that you're playing. I want you to feel like you are playing in the realm of life instead of, you know, I, I don't know, being on uh, a grass table and uh, we are in the realm of, uh, you know, it looks like a jungle over in the realm of death. You know, I, I have a hard time buying that when I'm playing. It doesn't really give me the immersion I'm looking in for. Um, but, it, you know, I also understand reasons for it in other tournaments, but um, that's just, uh, it's the tournament that I wanted to play in, so it's the tournament that I've put together for other people. So, and so far, so good. Some good response to it. I think some people know that it's not, 
you know, the terrain isn't always set up where it's equal on equal sides. There's going to be some randomness to it. And if you like that kind of thing, then, you know, that tournament's for you. So. Yeah, I think you, uh, you did a really good job marrying the idea of narrative into a match play tournament. I mean, obviously, it's it's not like the typical Depticon Nova LVO where you just want to have the same exact, you know, copy and paste table no matter where who you're playing. Like, there's there's a variability, but, I mean, you still... You you get you know you get you get the Detroit fellas coming out you get the Pittsburgh you know like Bill Souza and Roger and then you know TJ Lanigan coming out to and they're top level competitive players and they come out and they enjoy it and they bring their lists they have fun and you know it's you know the expectations set but um, I think you just did a really good job marrying the two concepts into an event I, I've always had fun when I go out to play and I'm always <laughs> like I want to play on this table because I brought this army. <laughs> I've always um, I've always looked at the Holy Wars tournaments, Holy Wars, Holy Havoc, and you know just the uh, the tables that Steve Herner puts out are just amazing. Oh, yeah. And so that's kind of where oh, I take yeah. my inspiration for some of the terrain I build. I don't build half as good, but uh, <laughs> a quarter is good. I, well, but uh, that's with, where the inspiration with, comes from. So let's say with um, Matt and I have gone out there. The one thing I can say about Steve's table, I mean, they are immaculate. They're amazing. They're also built to survive the end of the world like those are the <laughs> toughest tables they can take any abuse he I, whatever he does like he creates amazing tables and you could kill somebody with it and you wouldn't even know <laughs> yeah it's awesome yeah now so if you ever plan to do more tables so you can get up to that magic 50 number uh <laughs> maybe that's one thing you should do is you should look at how how do you do a jungle in in haish you know uh, or Shaiish, you know, like do the the opposite. What does, um, I guess there's no realm of ice, but <laughs> you know, well, what does the what does the polar caps look like in in uh, in the realm of fire? You know, uh, that's a that's a really you know, good I, uh, uh, thing to bring up because that that does exist in every realm. Every biome does exist. You might see something specific. It's always going to be themed, but every biome does exist. And I, now that you're saying that, like like ooh. I want to see a, a shyish jungle. <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. You know, when I see like ice maps and stuff like that, to me that screams realm of light, right? Because if you've ever walked out in Ohio or in, you know, Pennsylvania <laughs> in the middle of the winter after a big snowfall on a sunny day, uh, you just want to go blind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that would make sense to me. I'd have a hard time with the jungle in, in shyish, but I'm sure I, I, I'm sure it could be pulled off. Might take somebody with a little more imagination than me. That's probably where Matt comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, let's start over to you for a little bit, Matt. I mean, I mean, first of all, talk talk to us about the custom characters you made, and then then dive into how you bring narrative to Age of Sigmar personally. Yeah. So um, for those that, that don't know, um, I guess it was two years ago now. Uh, yeah, not this past year, but the year before. Uh, you know, the Nova narrative guys were trying to come up with something a little bit new and original for the Warhammer or for the, the champion war scrolls, as that is typically something that's pretty popular nowadays with, with narrative events. And, uh, you know, they wanted me to help. And then after I agreed to help them is whenever, um, you know, I agreed to help you actually. Yeah. Before you dive too far into it, explain what a, a champion for a narrative event typically is for anyone yeah. who maybe has never been to an event. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. So, as far as that goes, the the champion is um, 
it's for the it's for the specific event. There's typically not a model for it. You have to bring your own. You have to carve a narrative to match the narrative of the champion. Um, and it's essentially kind of a twofold thing. You know, one, it helps balance out lists. It helps overcome narrative hurdles uh, because sometimes a narrative can kind of put you behind an eight ball, uh, which is, you know, typically the point of that particular narrative scenario. But you're also still supposed to have fun. And then on top of that, it's also kind of a connection between the event you're running and the army you're bringing. Uh, yeah. You know, most of the time people do bring uh, champions that align with their uh, with their army. But I know uh, at not only at Nova, but at like the events that I've used those War Scrolls in, people will bring something closer aligned to the to the event. Um, to be like, this is almost like their guide. Uh, and then as far as, you know, the, the heroes go, like, or the champions go, so this is an excellent, excellent place to really flex your narrative muscle because um, it doesn't exist in the rules right now, you know, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't. Um, I, I would actually prefer not to see GW incorporate something like this because then like, like whenever... the champions right and, and the only reason why I say that is not because I don't trust them to do it or do a great job with it it's as soon as they do it that's going to be the way to do it um, and you're going to see a lot more places bend towards that uh, so like say for the, the holy events uh, you know you pick one of several different heroes uh, that all start, I guess you start the same, Wait, right? Yeah, I believe we all start the same, and then you develop the archetype you want to be. Like, I like for uh, the latest Holy Havoc that we went to, I went all priest because I play Kane and I wanted to keep priest heavy, right? And I took a uh, I took the old school, um, what, what's his name? I'm blanking on it now. The the name dwarf warrior. Uh, <laughs> Warden King, the, yeah, High King, High King Thor, Thorgrim. Yeah, Garage so I took Bear. Thorgrim and I put him onto my gun hauler. So I made, I put my hero into movement and to shooting. Um, and so like, that's one way to do it. Other people do a point buy, uh, where you get you know so many points to start off at the beginning. Um, then like, one of the ways that I went, I tried to be as creative as I could. Um, so what I did is I ended up coming up with 14 completely, well, not completely unique, but unique from each other, uh, war scrolls. And they all had like a set balance uh, or not a set balance. Well, they were set balance, but they all had like a set theme. So I started off with the basics of like, here's the tanky guy. Here's the melee guy. Here's the wizard. And then I did my own thing with them. Um, and then to have them evolve along with the event, each one of them had their own unique goal to kind of gain experience. Uh, and then as they gained experience, they got additional levels. So 
the the best example for that is I had one called the Meek Escorted, which is kind of the mirror, um, sort of like that Bilbo or uh, Rastlin, if you're familiar with Dragonlance, where he started off horrible, just the worst. No armor save. Uh, he had uh, one melee attack that was one inch. Uh, I think it was either fives and fives or fives and sixes. And he had a mm. uh, plus one rend. <laughs> oh, there's a um, new mechanic. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me tickle you, yeah. So he got what was also called frightened swipe. So, oh well, okay. So you got one experience every round. You didn't take damage, uh, which is great in the beginning because I'll just keep him in the back lines. And then he had an ability to incorporate himself into a unit. So unless you had a character to, that could specifically target, like the uh, uh, Star Drake, you just couldn't touch him. But the problem is, is later, whenever he gets good, in order to keep improving him, you have to choose, do I get in there and fight, or do I hold him back further? Because by the end, he's, spe- he's slinging like three spells, he has a 24-inch shot that's like Ren 2, D6 damage. <laughs> like, oh. he, he's, he's nuts. But again, it's because you literally spent two days of just babying this guy. You get a day of fun. So <laughs> like you sit back there and eat your rare candies, all right? You know? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Um, so that's one thing that you can do for, like, events. Like, if you want to have a couple buddies over and play a couple, like, three games in a day, you can do something like that. Um, no. I mean, you could, even, you could even take it if you're just doing, like, with local friends is oh yeah you could just you could just pick any hero from any army and just say like okay i'm going to use this war scroll and this will be my custom priest even though you know i'm playing stormcast but it's a core knight priest and just you know just the keywords and just and just have fun and then you know create a narrative from that yeah it's definitely the whole point of it is to have fun with it and if you're like oh my army's going to do really well if i bring in this hero from this other army you're not doing it right um, you know, if you see something like the um, like the Lord of Plagues or the um, the the on foot hero berserker from Fire Slayers, where they just pile in and attack and attack and attack, if you think that's fun, you know, yeah, bring it over, make it your own model, or, or or do whatever you want, as long as you know everyone else is okay with it, obviously for the narrative event <laughs> don't show well, up i mean if you show up with with uh vandis hammerhand to narrative event i'm gonna be like i'm bored man <laughs> that's that's boring get that out of here no <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so the uh but now whenever it comes to adding narrative to my armies i haven't necessarily found like a formula there's nothing i really like follow a chain of it's not like oh i have to do this or have to do that if i try and force narrative it always turns out sour grapes like it's just not good and you can tell um but you know it's okay to you know let things develop so like whenever i was painting my iron jaws um i got a little bored of painting you know brute after brute after brute and so there was one where i didn't have any any design on the shoulder pad or anything like that so he's the only one that has a uh, a stripe painted straight down the the whole just the middle of the plate, 
And uh, so since then, I've named him Ace, and I've uh, determined that he <laughs> um, brags to all the other brutes <laughs> that, you know, he's the only one that earned a stripe. <laughs> Even though the story is, he just painted it on himself. <laughs> he earned it. He put it on. Yeah, he put it on himself, and he just said he earned it, and now everyone else hates him. So, um, <laughs> but then there's my... Uh my Dwarden armies where I'm literally working on a story where I have the dispossessed from a cities list. I have fire slayers and I have KO working together to restart, uh, the Dwarden kingdoms. Um, I think it's kind of a good thing. You, you bring up both of those types of narrative because narrative can be silly and just comical. I mean, I mean, look at the, the history of Warhammer, like, there's a lot of comic right, yeah. nature within it that it's it's perfectly acceptable. Or you can take it to a very serious route or blend the two and go back and forth between it with the same narrative. There's no reason why you can't. It, it's it's very, like I said, Age of Sigmar just makes it so open and so easy. Like, I love that narrative about he put the, he put the stripe on and says, I earned this. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve this. I'm a good, I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah. Me the ace here. You all lot suck. <laughs> <laughs> And now, then if you could do like, that voice for the whole event, man, that's that's every sports award right there. I almost did. I almost did. And that is the event that I got the uh, sports award. So I don't I don't know if it's nice. if it's uh, connected or not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's um... so that's Neil. Like... Have have you made any? Have you ever actually run or done anything for actual narrative events? I've never run a pure narrative event. It's just something that's kind of been out of my comfort zone a little bit. And just coming from my start in Warhammer, which was, you know, purely points-based kind of thing when I was a kid, you know, and just, just on and on. Um, I never even really thought about Warhammer as like a narrative thing until mm -hmm. Age of Sigmar, really, you know? And so, in, in all honesty, I think that's most people, too. Yeah. I. Uh, I, you know, you go back far enough, you know, I've got people in the club who will talk to me about, you know, second and third edition Warhammer where, I mean, pretty much it, it, was, it was open season. That's what it was. I mean, it was all narrative, right? Um, but, um, and then it got, you know, you know a little bit more uh, serious with the points there and everything into the, the other editions. But um, the first narrative event I ever did was Coalescence that Chuck threw. And, and I've enjoyed every single Coalescence event I've been to. It's been a lot of fun. So... Um, yeah, I think um, it's uh, it's really interesting. Like back in eighth edition, like I had a named character, and he but he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't motivating the army. He was just part of the army and following whatever you know had to happen. It, I felt I know I personally felt restricted because I liked using Alarial, Tyrion, Teclas, Corhill, like all the high elves, uh, you know, leaders. That he was just a high elf lord on horse <laughs> with dragon armor you know it's as far as i took it um and i don't know but see i, I feel like it's restrictive but it could just be you know maybe that's just my Im immature level of narrative within wargaming because i was still a new wargamer at the time so I'm, I'm curious you know to maybe talk to some people that have been into narratives that much longer because i was also pretty competitive in eighth too like locally like i didn't really go to any events but I liked uh, I liked crushing face and clubbing baby seals. 
<laughs> well, so that so that kind of brings up uh, a question for me here. Who do you think? Do you think there's a specific type of player that narrative is suited for? See, I, I think narrative is suited for everybody, and I think because it's um, it's a spectrum that you can be as light as you want to be to just have that named hero, like you know, like I used to do in eighth, or to fully theme an army and write stories for it, like all the stuff that I do for for my daughter's a cane. Like I think you can go to whatever level you want. I, I just think Age of Sigmar really opens it up the world enough that you can go so big that there's almost you can't you can almost can't go too big. Like there there is a limit. Like you don't ever want to be more powerful than the gods. But most armies have like like I like uh I, I guess to use my Dodge Cane as an example. I'm never gonna have my custom character Tayrathi be more powerful than Marathi. But at the same time, if you look at Stormcast, you could have a character who's more powerful than Vandis Hammerhand because <laughs> they're all Stormcast. Like it's it, it makes sense narratively, but you know you, you won't be more powerful than say the cells than Prime in the lore on the table probably you will be. But <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I mean, as far as that goes, you know my um, you know my Warden King for my cities list. He's so powerful in my story that a uh, that Sigmar himself just carries around his uh, his mead for him, and, and that's why we didn't get a chamber this year. That's <laughs> well, I mean, you you can absolutely do that, I guess, if, if that's what makes you happy and that's what floats your boat and do it. Um, I, I guess, like I said, it depends on where you want to be. Like, if do you want to ground this in the in the world, like so you can tell somebody what your narrative is and they they find it believable in the context of what they understand, or do you just want to go crazy like that and you know, Sigmar's your 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 bar your barmaid and <laughs> it shines your shoes and Nagash holds your coat whenever you enter the door. <laughs> well, I'm gonna write that in, and just for clarification, that's not. I, I just came up with that on the fly. That's not a. <laughs> it's not um, a science to get it improved. But yeah, I mean, I guess like uh, to talk about how I do narrative, I, I really go all in. But like I said, I, I'm also a believer that you can play in competitive events and have a narrative for your army. I, I mean, especially with the. I mean, this is very specific Age of Sigmar, where the books play to their army lore. And style, almost always. I, I can't think of one on top of my head that really doesn't. Um, that they're one of their strongest ways to play wouldn't match what their theme is. So I think creating a narrative inside of a competitive event is perfectly fine. Um, so whenever I go to Adepticon, uh, Ren Four, or anything, I'm going to have a narrative attached to my army. I'm going to write a lore piece, and it's always going to be centered around my custom character Terathi, because that's how I like to bring my story to life is through a single character, so I can give a point of view and reference uh, from there. And like I said, she she is powerful. She commands a whole army. Uh, I mean, that, that's that's real power. Um, like I said, she's never going to be more powerful than Marathi. She may think she is. <laughs> I mean, delusions of grandeur are a great great thing to put into your character, but. Um, yeah, it's. I, I can't say it enough. I, I just think you can do narrative in any type of game at any type of event. Um, just maybe you won't be telling the story round by round. It may just be you take highlights from your game, like oh, I killed this with this character, or this died, so I'm gonna write narrative that reflects that at say a major event like Adepticon or, or Nova, um, as opposed to 
you know, going to a, a Holy Havoc where every single round you're going to have something to add to your story because that's what you're doing. You're, the purpose of an air event is to tell a story. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think you can still get a story out of a competitive event with your army. Now, I just need to say, uh, Aaron Boston at one of the Ren 4 events, uh, I bumped into him on the tables, and, and he was doing exactly that. Like, you know, <laughs> he set aside five minutes, you know, in the tournament just to tell me exactly, you know, what his character had done so far in the tournament and, and where he envisions him in his story. It was a quick five minutes, and, and then you're into the game, and you're playing the game, you know, and then his narrative is, is his own, and, you know, you're playing on the other side of the table, and, you know, you, you just go for it. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool in a, in a match play type environment to have that. Aaron uh, definitely bleeds narrative. That's <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it's 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 a good thing. So, like I said, I, I think a lot of people think that narrative and match play are just different camps, and maybe they are for the majority of, of folks out there. But I know there's plenty of people like me that want to do both. Um, and then you know, here's a little spoiler um, for the Nova Open GT this year, which tickets go on sale for all Nova events. March 1st, so market calendars. Um, but at the GT, I am shifting it to be more competitive focus because that's what the players want, and I want to give them that event. But I also added a narrative award this year. There's no reason why someone can't win a narrative award at a major GT. It could be the top player. Like some of the top players at uh, Nova last year had really crazy themed armies. If you know, if there's a narrative to it, and it, it strikes us, and it's going to be uh, voted by probably by us three <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> like um so it's like I, th there's just room for narrative i think more so in every style of play but you, you can absolutely have it be your focus and your heart and soul too so i think there's a lot of misconceptions too out there you know from 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 people on on the far far side on the extreme sides of both you know like you know i got uh, my, my friend dave who, who's who shies away now from some of the match play and he's he enjoys more of the narrative some of the competitive stuff you know i know he thinks it just gets a little bit too too competitive and, I, and i'm trying to bring him back into that I'm like you know it's, it's not all that there are other people there that are in that same camp they don't want to play in a match play environment because they think you know it's all you know this you know quote unquote win at all costs stuff going on um it's not going to be a fun time people are just going to smash me off the table and um, I, I've played, I've played Bill Zuza. I, I've played, I've played some good players. I've played, I've played Tom from Warhammer Weekly. I've not had a bad game with any of those guys. In fact, I've had some of my best games with those guys. Um, even while being smashed off the table. <laughs> so, I yeah, mean, and, uh, and, and then on, on the other side, you know, if you're a pure match play guy, I mean, don't shy away from the narrative too. Cause I mean, I find it hard to believe that you can get into this hobby and enjoy this hobby if you don't find some kind of joy in the lore of the armies or even just what the models look like. You know, I mean, I mean, there, there's some component. I don't care how hardcore match play you are. I feel like there is something in you that enjoys this the, the whole lore side of it. So, uh, you know, t you know, do an event, you know, here or there, you know, find something that's narrative play in it. You may find that you enjoy it, you know. But I think the thing is, like, um, like you mentioned, you mentioned Bill Bill Souza. Um, I've played him a number of times, and he knows I'm a I love narrative, and I'll put narrative into my armies and, and my story. It's never gotten in the way of us playing a competitive game. Like, mm -hmm. even even at the worst case, if it's just my narratives in my head, and I'm not going to talk about it for this game because we're just you know to try and focus and like you know we're helping each other practice for a GT. Doesn't mean my story is not going on. It's just 
you know, it's it might just be for me for that game because that's that's the focus, you know. And also on the other side, just for people who want to just kind of tinker with narrative, just because you're doing that game doesn't mean your narrative has to be on. Um, you know, whenever it comes to narrative in that aspect, you know, it it's for you. If you don't want to do narrative for a match or you don't want to incorporate something, don't. If you do, do it. Um, you know, it's definitely one of those things where, like I said, for me personally, if I try and force it, doesn't turn out that good <laughs> well it's it's also i mean uh keep in mind too like know what type of game you're going to have with your opponent like if you're going to a uh a, a one day three you know three game event uh just because you have a narrative doesn't mean it's a narrative event it may you right. may have a narrative ongoing in your head but like you know people are going to bring tough lists uh, as opposed to you know hey matt i want to have a narrative game where terathi seeks revenge against uh matney your your um custom warlord from holy havoc for the uh, betrayal even though i betrayed you but like you you uh, oh we're gonna have a narrative sky bearing sorry <laughs> but but like you do you do have to understand what type of game you're going into right. so both parties i mean that's a social contract but at least there's no reason why you still can't you know while you're playing that competitive game you have your notebook open you're tracking what's going on turn by turn that you can't just add in like a piece of cool thing that happened to incorporate yeah. to your narrative later. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So to, to kind of shift over to the actual, you know, narrative games and narrative events, uh, Neil brought up coalescence, uh, which at this point is a little bit of an older event. <laughs> so Chuck, since you ran coalescence, do you want to kind of go over what that was and how you ran it? Yeah. Um, so it was done by the, uh, the the neo guys the narrative event organizer guys um or we are the neon uh, i think they, they actually have a podcast now um but essentially what it was is it was a global narrative event so over the course of a single day all across the world would be the same event being played out uh and it was narrative focused missions there's a ongoing story um i can't remember if there was champions matt i think there was i can't recall no was there Maybe think, for one of them. I, yeah, I don't think there was but, for the first one. But regardless, but then you, you would play and one of the four Grand Alliances or sometimes, it, you know, uh, teams were two, sometimes it was teams of, you know, four groups or two groups would battle it out and you'd report the findings and then that would create an ongoing story that happened across the world into the next event. And this went on for a couple of years and it was a great initiative. I mean, that's like, Neil, you came out. Um, you know, Matt, Matt was out too. I'm... Yeah kind of bummed i never actually got to play in them i just got to <laughs> run them and hand out trophies but everyone brought you know brought narrative focus it was a great time yeah that was the first time i ran um i combined fire slayers ko and dispossessed which was the first game i had against neil's k uh corn <laughs> how'd that go <laughs> um i think i managed to win no, I think I got you in that one. I think. Oh, I you're right. So that was one of the ones. That's why it was such a good match because it came down to the last round, and it was like one or two rolls determined which way it went. Because it was oh, that's uh, good. that was back whenever uh, Hearthguard were supposed to be taking in blocks, and I took ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I think your your girlfriend avenged uh, avenged you later on and, and took me yeah, down that, that third sounds game. About right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This... <laughs> 
Well, but yeah, so, it's yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, so so how would you run? How did you run that in comparison to say like whenever you're doing a competitive day at the at the, the so <laughs> so if I was doing the competitive events at Nova, uh, let's say, um, you know, each I, I'm going to pre-select the missions. I'm going to pre-select the realms. I'm pre-select the realm feature. So it's going to have a uh, impact on the game, but not a drastic swinging impact that's going to favor one army over the other. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to put relocation orb into my packs because for a competitive event because it's <laughs> probably the least competitive one. It's a fun one. I love relocation orb, but to me, I'm not going to put it because it, it could, it, it could swing too easily. Um, even I mean, the, the newest current one is um, much better for it, but uh, yeah. still, it's like there's plenty of other options I think out there that really let someone play to their skill. Yeah. Whereas at uh, Coalescence, I put, I yeah. <laughs> coalescence i put all the tables together and like halfway through round the first game like round two or three people were on i was like hey by the way you guys can go across to all these tables and i think neil you said like can i jump through this rom gate here and go to this one over here like on the other end i was like yeah go ahead yeah. <laughs> like, alex, alex was um, not too happy about that when i showed up yeah. behind all his forces. <laughs> he killed him and left but it's uh... For if I'm running a competitive event, I want people's skill to shine, um, I guess, as, as the focus for each game. Whereas a narrative, I want everyone to walk away with stories. I want, you know, I don't want them to talk about, it's like, oh, these rules were clutch and doing this whenever we're having beers after after a narrative event. I want them to talk about, like, how, you know, like, uh, Matney shot Terathi across two boards away <laughs> because I used this ability and, and, and she managed to live, but I'll get her next time. You know, it, <laughs> You're, you're still talking the same thing, like as I guess you would, just like in a different, different context, different way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I know one thing that I ran. I think it was for two years. <clears throat> again, uh, originally inspired by Aaron, uh, was he'd like to do a narrative event every, uh, or at least as close as possible to November fifth, and he had essentially like the ongoing escapades of uh, the wizard Guy Fox. Um, and so I liked the idea a lot. Uh, I didn't run his pack. I had too many of my own ideas just flying that I had to go with. And, um, this is where the champions came from. Didn't you like test them, test bed them with us? The last time we played. Yeah, they were, they were in there because well, I had them. So <laughs> I, I never got <laughs> to use them. So, <laughs> uh, and so like whenever I was working on that, I wanted to, make it as different as possible but i still wanted to try and make it somewhat even uh, because again like you know you were there uh chuck and uh our friend dave morgan were there and uh our friend alex and morgan has played well, now Mor hand... morgan's your girlfriend and you, you yes. tend to favor her in all these games and, and screw chuck over pretty badly well it's not my That's... fault you go easy on her and then you're surprised when it comes back to get you that's uh, <laughs> well, especially considering Dave won the first time and that was the first three games David ever played <laughs> yeah probably because I was attacking Morgan and she's like oh no you're not and Dave's just running around like oh look all these objectives while we kill each other <laughs> so what I like to do is for these for these events for the ones that I've played is I either like the forces to build up or build down and um, to really get some 
some difference in their to try and give you an experience that you that you can't experience at a competitive event you know like the first year we started skirmish and then we went over to path of glory into a thousand point army uh and then i think the year after that we started off we still started off with skirmish i, I kind of like those scouting missions you know mm-hmm. uh and then it was a 2000 point army then down to teams of two 1000 point armies and one of the things that i tried to veer away from was winners and losers um it was whoever had the most of one thing determined their starting position in the next game and whoever had the least uh, in that category in the next game got to do something and then maybe have an advantage over that player or another player. Um, so that way, even if you lost, you weren't at a disadvantage. It just made, it just gave you a different experience. Um, and then the first year, which I, I think was a, it was, it was a very, loosely related on triumph and treachery uh i had um bought this bag of gold plastic coins off oh of Amazon. yeah we played we turned it into mario kart <laughs> and i literally put them all <laughs> over the board if you walked through them um you, know, you picked them up if you stopped within i think it was like three or six inches you picked them up uh or no it was three inches for units six inches for heroes uh and what that did was i had the guy, the, the 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 wizard guy Fox, offered his services, and you could buy scrolls, spell scrolls, to affect. You know, sometimes it was a unit, sometimes it was the whole table. Uh, like there was one that was everything's on fire. <laughs> uh, for it was like three coins, you do D three mortal wounds to a unit. Uh, for ten coins, you do it to an entire. Uh, player's army and then for seven coins you do it to everything on the board <laughs> including your yeah, own stuff <laughs> what i like about that like with triumph treachery and that, that you brought in as soon as you did that it gave currency not to just between the players and you but to between the players themselves right so all of a sudden it's like hey i you know like can i can i get a you know free battle shock here it's like well if you pay me i won't scare you as badly it's like okay sure here you go and like or fun stuff like that or just wheeling and dealing hey don't attack me i'll give you these two coins you need to light him on fire well that was the other thing is whenever the coins were involved that added a new gameplay element between rounds because after i introduced coins is whenever we had our lunch break and i made sure that we had lunch in front of our models to keep it in everyone's mind um, I still remember in the final round, uh, <laughs> I had one war scroll, so I was very bitter about KO at this point because <laughs> I'd gone all in <laughs> and was not pleased with the boats. And so I yeah, made... this was after this was after all the nerfs too. So oh yeah, yeah, this was this was they were in the ground. <laughs> uh, I made a a spell scroll called uh, the SS Failboat, and essentially what it is is you. Uh, paid 10 coins to give one of your opponents access to the frigate war scroll 
Now put a frigate on your team. Uh, now, essentially what happened was, is you got full access to the frigate, but if the frigate was still up and running uh, at the end of the game, you um, lost, I forget how many victory points. And, it's uh, enough that it mattered. <laughs> right. I think it was like D3. But the, uh, but the real problem was, is all the Duarden wanted paid for their services and took D6 coins away. <laughs> <laughs> so Chuck, Chuck was like, Chuck was still like the no. You just gotta learn how to use it. It's really good, and so he gave our friend Dave X number of coins and said, "You can have the extra if you cast this war scroll or this spell on me." So he got <laughs> he got the boat. Yep. And like no one cared. It just, <laughs> it sputtered around. It like did a damage here, did a damage there. Actually, more or less, it got it got in my own way. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, this base is big. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was. I mean, it was hilarious, and everyone had a good time because of the the flavor uh, of the of the spell. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it, I, I would say both were very successful events, though. Absolutely, and and I do like how you mentioned the changing of the uh, size actually uh realms at war does that where you start small and grow over time as you grow in power and it's it's fun because you get a lot more games in that way yeah uh and and also like you can play with the points like they're not for realms at war specifically it's not 500 1000 1500 it's you know here's you know like here's 250 300 or, or here's 450 or, or something weird just to make you go hmm this this doesn't quite work well because a lot of lists you can build at 500,000 or 2,000 pretty well like 500 point increments are pretty easy to do but you take off like 50 75 points all of a sudden it's what can I squeeze in here <laughs> you know it makes it a little bit more interesting to uh, force you to build with a story in mind for a narrative event yeah but yeah I mean so there's there's tons of ways like whether like you're like me and do a uh, a specific hero to lead your army and then let the narrative flow off that or if you're doing tables like like you do Neil um, or army wide with your with your boats which I can't wait to I can't wait to see did you did you choose which one is named after Terathi I haven't yet because I still got about five more to get so <laughs> All right. I don't know All right. it might be the frigate no, it's got to be one that uh, yeah I don't know we'll we'll figure it out. Might be just look to see if there's one on there, one on her knees. That's. <laughs> it might be the frigate just because of how you used it in that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Failboat returns. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah but um, or if you create custom heroes like like Matt, like Matt, I think you spend a lot more time helping other people create narrative events than you do actually playing in narrative. <laughs> well, so again, like that's one of the reasons why I like narrative because I always have just like these weird mechanics that have nowhere to go and have no home. <laughs> so narrative is a great way to get them out. Um, yeah. I mean, again, even for the, for um, Nova open this past, or not Nova open the Las Vegas open this past year, you know, Bill reached out to me and was like, Hey, well, Aaron and Bill reached out to me like, Hey, could we well, just want something Bill, simple? Bill who? Bill, Bill who do your name drop? 
Bill of the Rolling Bad podcast. Oh, absolutely. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> I say, we've named we've named multiple Bills in this episode. Let's let's yeah, sorry, Bill. Context. Yeah, Bill from the Rolling Bad podcast, which absolutely check out. Um, you know, he asked me, he's like, hey, I don't want anything complex. I just want something simple. Um, you know, just a handful. And even there, I was like, okay, I guess I could do like just default back to like you know original D and D, where it's like, okay, you got your warrior fighter and and rogue or whatever. And even there, I was like, no, that's that's too simple. I can't get away with that. So I I gave, I think I only came up with four guys. I think uh, I think that's all Bill wanted. And so every hero started off with a universal ability, and then at the beginning of the game or the beginning of the event, you choose between two other abilities that flavored the um, flavored the, the 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 hero. So like, I was a little um, it's a little disappointed that I wasn't able to continue the theme uh, with everything with with all of them. But for the for the hero, um, they got one ability that let them do the pile in and attack when when combat's done, and that was called uh, the never ending battle. And uh, then there was the one where they gave him gave him a save after the save and, and helped him prevent mortals, and that was called uh, the battle never ends. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, like, but uh, it definitely worked. Like, the, I, I heard good things um, from the latest Rolling Bad podcast that people liked, like the champions. He gave you glowing, glowing reviews. So Way I think too that's, much. That's Way great. too much. I literally like uh, I pumped those out in like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I guess before we uh, wrap up and you know plug our stuff and get out of here, uh, there is one thing I, I didn't mention: a, a good way to do narrative, dressing as your character. No, that's a terrible way to do it. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no, because oh, the beard man. smells terrible. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? I rock heels, so I'll uh, I'll take that. <laughs> Still taste the mildew. <laughs> yeah, but actually, in all seriousness, like you can do like fun little things. Like you don't have to do a full outfit. You don't have to. You don't have to wear a dress for eight hours to win an award at Raw, even though I highly recommend it because that way you can claim <laughs> to have the best Marathi cosplay in the world because it's the only one that actually has an award. But um, <laughs> you can do fun stuff like you could, you can make a hat. You could like do like uh, even just a shirt with uh, like you know it looks like the armor's on it. Like you know have have fun. Like feel free to embrace it as much as you want. Feel comfortable with. But um, I guess uh, uh, Matt, for this topic, any closing thoughts? Just. I mean, if the idea doesn't fully repulse you, just give it a shot. Um, you know, you and your friends can just come up with something. Give it a try. Um, worst case scenario, you have fun in the afternoon with somebody's. Yeah. Neil, what about yourself? Any closing thoughts? Uh, I just echo what, uh, what Matt said there. You know, don't be afraid to try narrative if you haven't. Um, it's a good time, a good place to start, too. If you just want to kind of dip your toe in is some of the uh, the supplements they've got out there, like Malign Portents, um, uh, Forbidden Power, you know, those, those offer a little bit of narrative to them as well in some of those scenarios. So even even those old scenarios out of the uh, Rome Gate Wars books, those old books oh, yeah. going back, Actually, you, you know, if you, those are some great every, scenarios in there. Every scenario inside of every battle town. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's yeah. a great place to start. Uh I guess for myself, I'll say it uh, a little bit more confidently than you guys. If you don't do narrative in any way, you're a coward. 
you failed a Battleshock test. It's like if, if you if you won a a two hundred person Age of Sigmar event, but you don't have a story for at least one of your models, then get out. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, um, Who are you exactly talking about? I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing big numbers out there. Um, no, like oh. don't be. A, narrative will never ruin an experience. It'll only enhance it, and it can be used in a way that won't get in the way of any type of game you want to play. So I highly recommend it. Create a character. Come fight Tayrathi. I'll put you in your place. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always always up for a narrative game as well as a competitive game in the same game. So, uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap it up. That's a, that's a narrative podcast, guys. All right. I guess, uh, I guess uh, let's thank our, our sponsor, uh, Sean, from Brush for Hire, who still hasn't paid us yet. I mean, he's raking in all that commission money, refuses to jump on our show, even though he gets invited. And uh, I don't know why we keep him around, but uh, he's a sign that contract. It's like that contract. He, I, I signed about reading. Needless <laughs> to be fair, though, uh, he he's he's paying me a little bit. He, uh, he sent me a picture of... What kind of, of uh, back-end deal is this? Well, listen, I like back-end deals. I cannot lie. But yeah, he, he uh, he's actually... I uh, took advantage of the, the Hero Forge deal for Black Friday, and he, he started printing them up for me. <laughs> Ooh, nice. So yeah, so that's, his, that's his sponsorship. Well paid. Well paid. Brush for hire. Don't paint your own models like an idiot. Brush for hire. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash brush for hire. Um, but yeah, uh, if you listen to this on YouTube while we're into this mode, be sure to subscribe, click that like button, leave a comment, and smash that bell. Ring that bell. Smash the like button. Rush for hire. No, no, my, no, the YouTube channel. Not Sean's done. Only idiots paint their own models. Rush for hire. Neil, where can people find you on social media? People can find me on Twitter at Neil Laraca. That's N-E-I-L-L-A-R-O-C-C-A. And they can find me on Facebook at uh, Ren4. Just type that in. You should be able to find the group page. And uh, as long as you're positive and uh, you're willing to play our ball game, you will be uh, accepted. So, Ren4. Play with Neil's ball. Ren4. Uh, <laughs> Matt, where can people find campaign. you? Kill, kill Matt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... And end it. <laughs> You can find me on the Brush for Hire Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, well. You can you can you can at me uh, on the on the Twitter sphere at l a z e n c a n t m Lazenka n t m. You can always remember that by no, that's Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as for me, you can find me on. Twitter or Instagram at strengthhammer underscore or my blog at strengthhammer.net or this YouTube channel, which I'm not going to give you a name of because it's pretty obvious at this point. And if you're listening to this, you're already there. So you better have subscribed, smash that like button and ring that bell. Am I doing it right? Matt, is this right? You just need, okay. you need to come up with a catchphrase like brush for hire. Well, <laughs> my, well, <laughs> painting about, stuff about... for you. <laughs> Brush for hire. I don't have a jingle, but to everyone out there, stay stormcast strong and happy hobbying.